0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Sarah Peck. She's a writer, startup advisor, yoga teacher based in New York City. She's the founder and executive director of Startup Pregnant, a media company documenting the stories of women's leadership across work and family. She hosts the weekly Startup Pregnant podcast, and she and her partner in life and work are the instigators behind More Women's Voices, a website that promotes women speakers and entrepreneurs.
1: Sarah has done a lot, and she's actually a really, really good friend of ours and one who I've personally got to meet often. And her brain is one of my favorite brains. And today we're talking and kind of geeking about a shared business philosophy that we have that has to do everything with services and getting paid to truly learn and listen about what your audience needs. So you can make sure that you're crafting product and offers that are actually going to sell and serve and have a greater impact. So Sarah breaks down how she's done this in her own business. And in steps that are like super doable for you, no matter where you are. So get your notebook, settle into this one, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Sarah. Welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. It probably would have been smart for me to look up the episode number that you were on previously, but we'll have that in the (laughs) show notes. So if you guys want to listen to Sarah some more after this one, you guys can go back into the archives and find that one because it's good. Anytime having like a a brain jam session with Sarah is one of my favorites. And I think what's funny that Sparked the idea for this conversation that we are going to share for you guys today. Sarah was boxing me a couple days ago and it was kind of thrown out as just this, like, I don't know, like, what do you think? And this idea, and here's kind of what I believe. And I was like nodding my head furiously at all of the things that she was saying because the business philosophies that we're going to share today, and specifically the ways that you guys can implement them, even if you're new are so in line with our core business values and like how we made money and how we believe so many people should go about starting a business and and learning business. Because at the root of it, it's about getting paid and learning and growing at the same time. And so I want to kind of take that a step further with, with your expertise and the way that you've been able to do that in larger settings outside of just one-on-one, but monetized communities, group settings, etc. So... What's this kind of philosophy that we kind of share and where, where does yours really stem from?
2: For people listening, it's kind of a good story. I When I reached out to you, I said, I don't know, would people be interested in hearing the backstory of Startup Pregnant and how we're growing? Is that a useful thing to share? I'm willing to share it, but tell me what you think. Because it, we've done something really deliberate at Startup Pregnant that I think I don't see enough in business. And we've been thoughtful and methodical. And you know me, I'm, I'm on the turtle train, like slow and steady. I'm trying to build a business nope. that works, that lasts for the long term. And so often I see people go out and throw everything at the wall spaghetti style, which is okay. You can do that. And they're just like, Oh, what about this course? What about this course? What about this? And you just throw it all up there and nothing sticks and you get crickets. And you're wondering like, why is nothing working? For me, the the first core Principle or philosophy that we've built in this business is listening, listening deeply to our audience and doing it while getting paid. Those two things are so important and kind of what I want to unpack with you today. It's like, why, like, how do we listen? Why is it so important to listen? And how do you do it while getting paid?
0: Right. Well, it just takes me back to the very beginning of our business and We were almost building 2 businesses at once, but really the secondary one that I'm thinking of was really our listening tool. It was mm-hmm. really the way we were able to gauge what our audience needed and how we could continue to serve them as we grew and kind of morphed our business over time. But for you, what, what has been your tool? Because I, I, know, I know where you're going with this, but mm-hmm. they don't. So what has been your tool that you've kind of done and stuck to that's a little bit against the grain of what's out there to focus on the listening? So we
2: set a foundation for the first year to create a podcast because I thought a podcast would work as a conversation. I would get to interview 100 people and listen to them, listen to mothers, listen to entrepreneurs and hear their words and their language. And I said, you know, if I get to the end of 100 interviews, I will probably have a product or an idea. And it went so well with these interviews. I decided to put before I even got to products or services, I decided to put a paid offering in front of people that said, hey, do you want to work with me one on one? So I now have a coaching program. It's a year-long community mastermind where people can work with me one-on-one and I get to work with them, help them solve their business problems, help them through the really sticky parts of motherhood, and they are paying me to do so, which is great. So I'm already in business doing one-on-one service work right away. It feels like it took a really long time, but honestly, two years is pretty short when it comes to business terms. So it's nice to see the runway out ahead, which is first start with the building the community and knowing the audience that you want to serve. Start with listening, then put some paid services in front of them. And then once you have enough data, like once you've listened well enough to all these different people, and my friend Natalie Lucier says it really well. She's like, once you've worked with like 30 or 40 people, you're gonna get tired of saying something. You're gonna get tired of repeating the same thing. That's your course. Once you have the 40th person come to you and say, Sarah, like how do you do goal setting? Like how can you help me with goal setting? Can you help me with setting up the structures of like how to you know, measure and track what I'm doing in my business, you're like, oh, there we go. I'm going to teach an OKR workshop. But I wouldn't have known that until I worked with people one-on-one.
1: Yep. Right. Well, and I, I love that like this strategy can be implemented in various bursts of time, right? Sometimes it takes a year to truly like Identify what that offer could be. Sometimes it takes thirty days, right, and everything in between. But these are also skills that you can be doing when you have a full time job and you're just like learning about this new audience that you want to serve. When you offer something that's like completely unrelated to the thing that you think that you want to serve. So, for instance, like Abby and I did this in in our own various ways. I was a family photographer, lifestyle. So I did weddings, newborns, families, like everything in between. It was not what I wanted to keep doing forever, but I wanted to start serving business owners. I thought, but I didn't. Know so I know what that would look like. So instead of throwing spaghetti at the wall, and instead of wasting my time and energy, I listened to the communities that I was already in and started giving advice how I do, right? I can't like shut up about strategy. And when people kept asking, okay, specifically about pricing and packaging and in-person selling, like what did you unlock with that inside your photography business? That was literally the first course I ever created. It sold like bananas and it's been even still like a flagship within our company now from from those tactics way back in the day, but I was like getting paid to do something completely different. And so I think just the simple skill of listening to the people who you want to serve is so crucial to the health and the foundation building of your future business.
2: This, I want to maybe expand on this point too, just for a second, like a business exists to solve problems. And one of the problems it might be solving is that you need cash, right? But that's not the actual problem we're trying to solve here. A business only exists if people are willing to pay you money for something that solves a problem for them. I see so many people skip straight into product development and they get, they like shut the doors and they get into the office and they start like whiteboarding but they're not actually talking to their customer base. And so they build this whole thing and then they go ship it in the world and it doesn't work. And when you take the time to really work one-on-one with people and get to know them and hear the words that they use and the phrases that they use, the way they talk about their problem, the way they talk about their pain points, it makes everything so much easier because when you go to write your marketing pages or your sales pages or your copy or your descriptions or whatever it is, you're using the words that they use and they feel like, oh my gosh, they get me. They understand what I'm going through because I have so many people who say, "Well, I I created this you know self care service for moms, and moms are you know the moms that I'm listening to are like I could use some freaking self care, but I don't have any time. And those aren't the words that they use. They would like something like five minutes to me, or resilience strategies, or how to feel better when you have the flu and your toddler is puking on you. (laughs) Those are the things that they're saying, not like. What's my perfect idyllic self-care strategy when I have three hours of extra time to myself because it's not happening? <laughs> three hours of extra time.
0: Yeah. Well, how were you going about doing the actual listening? Like I understand the like gathering people or interviewing them, but how are you aggregating this data? Or was it just like swirling in your head and you were able to go with it from there? how did you take the information they were giving you and make it so you could store it for later or use it later?
2: That's a really good question. And I'm glad you asked it because we can get geeky <laughs> about this. So I interview people one-on-one on the podcast, which is a great way to build the network. And I love what Emily said about doing this on the side of something else. Like you can, a great way to start an idea or test the waters is just to blog or start small and ramp up over time. But one of the things that I do, Emily and Abigail, is in my email evergreen sequence, so when people sign up for my email list, there are, there's a welcome email, there's a link to social email, and then the third or fourth email says, be in my book. And then I have a link to a Google form, and I ask them for their stories. So I have more requests to be on my podcast than I can take at any one point, but I still want to talk to all these people. So I send them a link to this Google form and the Google form has 10 questions. You know, tell me about your parenting journey. Tell me about your entrepreneurship journey. What has parenting taught you that you that surprised you? How has parenting made you better at business? So I've got this whole sequence of questions and then I have a zap set up. So anytime somebody fills out the form, it sends me an email with them CC'd on it And so I get a new notification in my email inbox and I can just read it, you know, when you're on your mobile phone and you're like scrolling through email and I can write a quick reply back and say, thanks so much. This is so useful. And by reading those survey responses every few days, I also am constantly kind of swimming in the words of people that I am wanting to start a relationship with. And so I'll read something and be like, oh, I know the answer to that thing. I know the, like, I have the, no. And so either I'll solve it for them and that triggers me to write a blog post about that, or it triggers me to do a podcast episode about that, or it's just in my lexicon as words to then use as connective tissue.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think so often, like, the, this is the literal solution to solve so many of the struggles that, new, especially newbie business owners, come against what to write about what to talk about, what to offer, what to price it, what to what to like give people. Like all I remember so clearly even when I had more clarity than most of still feeling those same struggles of like constantly wondering like is this post going to resonate? What do I say on Instagram? And what do I actually spend my time blogging about? But if this is utilized appropriately and I love the like actual zaps that you have set up of the technology that makes all of it work, but if this is used appropriately in even small increments, you don't have to go bananas everywhere about it, but just Constantly swimming or dipping your toe a little bit in the mindset of the people that you want to serve, I think gives gives your swirling ideas guidance, and it gives you like an actual plethora of the things that so many people are wondering what to put out into the world.
2: Right. A simpler version of this for people who are like, oh, I don't have an email list. I don't want to set up all these tools. This sounds like a lot. If you know the audience that you want to serve, like you want to serve photographers or you want to serve copywriters or whatever, whoever is your audience, you can go and find existing swimming pools. Like you don't have to manually dig and build your own swimming pool just to have a conversation. So you can go and be like, oh, I want to join the copywriter club or oh, I want to join Boss Project or I want to join and find a group that's specifically about the people that you want to serve and then listen. And be helpful Mm -hmm. and be useful, right? Like you're not trying to take the whole swimming pool and like to play this metaphor out. You're not trying to get the whole swimming pool to like pack up their stuff, leave the swimming pool and walk over to the beach, right? They're happy (laughs) at the swimming pool, right? Give some of them sunscreen. Tell them like why SPF is good for them. Hand out free t-shirts. I don't (laughs) know. Bring a whole bunch of pool noodles. Just sit and chat with somebody about how nice it is to be in the sunshine, right? Be at the pool, hanging yeah. out and doing pool-like things. Don't try to convince them it's an ice skating rink.
1: Yes. Yes. I love that. I think, <laughs> you know, we get this question a lot, we have an entire post dedicated to it in our blog archives about not only how to, to step out from your shell a little bit inside group communities and utilize them to your benefit, but how not to be spammy and sleazy and gross. I think so often, sometimes we put on these hats and we go into these places and we're like, Oh, it's going to take me like sending, how can I sneak them my opt-in link? Or how can I like secretly let them know I'm like marketing for this thing over here? I'm like, None of it has to be in secret. I want you to listen. I want you to pay attention to what people are already asking and what people are saying and where you feel inclined to like show up in a comment. And then like all of the sudden it might take weeks or months and months and months, but people will then start tagging you in the things that you've already showed up for or Or sharing your stuff willingly. And like this stuff will happen. I get that it's that, it's very, you know, you have to trust in the system that it's going to work, but it's human nature. And like this, this is how connections are made. And so I don't think that there's really anything worth losing there. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, my number one, I don't even want to call it a hack, but it can be a hack. My number one hack for being a great person in a Facebook group is simply to ask a question. And the question is not, have you tried? (laughs) Right? It cannot be advice in disguise. It just has to be like a genuine question. Here's how it works. People feel really hurt. Abigail, if you were to come to me and say, oh, I'm really trying to do like this new makeup thing or this new whatever, right? I would say, well, what's working for you so far? your response is, Oh, cool. She wants to know a little more. Like, here's what I've tried. Here's all the things. And if I just jump in and gave you makeup advice, by the way, I don't wear makeup. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. This would be very awkward for me to give makeup advice. I'd be like powder, right? Like, I don't, don't know. know. Um, you're already such an expert that me giving you advice would be a turnoff. And you would be like, I'm not really interested in conversations with Sarah. But if I just asked you, what have you already tried? Or any question about you and your expertise? It's like, oh, cool. We're here for a conversation.
0: You're right. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This is how you make more friends. This is how you have better relationships. This is great in dating. Mm -hmm. This would work to make more sales. If you make any conversation you're in more about the other person, You're winning. Yeah. I've learned this, I would say the hard way, but this has always been how I've done it -hmm. because I, well, first of all, I grew up a very nosy child. And so <laughs> carrying it over into adulthood, you can take some of that nosiness, uh-huh. put a little spin on it. And all of a sudden you seem like someone who's genuinely interested in all of these people, which is not untrue, but I'm also nosy. Uh-huh. So I think there's so much opportunity to use that in a really powerful way of not only having people feel heard, but it's not manipulative. You're, you're just, you're just so genuine and in their corner that They're going to listen when you start talking.
2: A hundred percent. It's the most obvious relationship and connecting advice, as well as business building advice that nobody takes. No one actually takes it. Yeah. Well, if you do this, you'll be in the 5%. Uh
1: A hundred percent. That's why I get so fired up and out of my seat about it, because not only does it actually work and like you'll be in the minority if you're doing it. But you can also be profitable doing it, and so I want to talk about that. And so, when when does this segue from listening and being the fly on the wall and really learning and just like sink like sitting with all of these ideas turn to like oh well now I'm also getting paid and I'm still listening and learning.
2: Yeah, so there's there's a number of different ways to go about it. And and I think that the thing to remember is that you can help people really quickly, again, with asking questions, but just by reaching out to a few people and a few friends and family and saying, like, hey, I'm starting a new business. It's probably gonna be about XYZ, you know, painting. And I'm I'm curious, like, where do you buy artwork? Right? Or if I were to offer a couple of services, I want to help people find great art and put it in their house, and I was gonna offer that as a service. Is that something you'd be interested in? You can start right away offering your services and do so in a way that feels like asking for help, asking for feedback, and then soft pitching too. I'm doing this thing. Is that something you're interested in? And people will say, no, not at all. Or they'll say, oh my gosh, yeah, I actually, I've been thinking about that. And get on the phone with them and say, what kind of services are you looking for? What would be useful to you? Because part of the research is getting your, part of the job is getting yourself hired. But the other part is just listening so that you can figure out where in your world of skills overlaps with their needs.
0: Yes, right. Yes, absolutely. I accidentally did this yesterday. (laughs) I um, (laughs) took a old high school friend out for coffee, mostly because we had just connected recently again. And was like, let's just chat. We chatted for like two hours. We were now she wants to start a mastermind with me. She's like this <laughs> rock star realtor, and her goal is selling seventy five houses a year when the the national average is eight houses a year. Oh, cool. She nice. wants to, yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> anyway, I was just talking, and there at no point was I like, I want to sell this girl something. <laughs> I have all these things in my pocket. I could sell her this. No. But by the end of it, she was like wanting to sign up for this thing over here. Mm -hmm. And she was ready to tell all her friends about it and ready to do it with me. And she wanted to be on my team. And because because I was just there for her in the way that I needed to show up for her. And because everybody's different. And back when we were working with clients, it was the same thing. It wasn't that I was selling a different service and like trying to morph and like change my packages all the time to fit the situation. It was just like, how can I listen enough that I can take what they're saying to me and regurgitate the same thing back to them and tell them why my thing fits with what they're saying or what they're asking about. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's monarchmone
1: dot strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm sitting here picturing all of the check marks that this truly like checks off for people and in, in their new beginning stages of wanting to be profitable and not knowing what to serve or what to offer. We, and we, you do this in the middle of business too, it doesn't just happen for new people, but we put so much pressure on crafting the perfect product the first time and the perfect offer, whether it's a course or a mastermind or book or whatever it may be. And we, like you were saying earlier, hole yourself up in your own office and you shut yourself off to any feedback or any people who you're actually willing to serve. And you're just like being the scientist, making this thing that in your head is this beautiful, beautiful, amazing thing that serves all of these pieces. But... The stress of that is the number one, I feel like, prevention for a lot of our audience of like actually putting anything out there. Well, it's not perfect. And I'm not sure if anyone will buy it. And I don't know if it's actually what they need because they're not spending any of this like, work or foundation first. And so I think it's truly the precursor to selling out what you want to offer, offering something that feels good right now, and then like shifting slightly to offer something even better and more amazing the next time. And that is that's business growth. That's that's not pivoting and tweaking all of the time. That's you truly understanding what does your audience need right now? How can you serve them right now? And how you might be serving them differently in six months is okay because of, that's you growing and learning more things and offering more things. This,
2: I'm like nodding my head furiously yes. because I think it's so important that at every stage of business, you treat it like an experiment. Like you don't know The market conditions may have changed. The audience's needs may have changed. You may have a relationship with a community that has now grown, grown older. There's so much that's changing that like I think it's so wise if you are a business owner, whether you're in the beginning, the middle, or you're more advanced, you still have to treat everything like an experiment. So day one, you're out there and you're testing a few different ideas and you're talking to people and you say, hey, these are some services I'm thinking of offering Are any of these things that you would need right away? I'm looking to book my first clients within the next month. And I've got four spaces. And I'd love to know if this is something you need, right? That's where you can begin. But later on down the road, be very transparent about what I'm doing right now. We launched our first mastermind last year in June. My baby was due in October. I launched a nine-month mastermind and my question was, can I run, (laughs) Abigail's like laughing at me, (laughs) can I run a mastermind over my maternity leave? And I am am an ambitious go-getter, that is true, but I'm not a hustler, like I'm not crazy and I don't try to drive myself into the ground. And so I just kept sitting with the question like, will this work? How could this work? How can this work? How can I lead something I want to lead and be the business owner I want to be and also take time away to be with my kiddo? And the answer came to me in July, a little bit after I'd launched it. It was like, guest teachers, I'm going to have people come in and do guest teaching for the three months I want to be home with my my kiddo. And if I am awake on the day that our group call is there, I'll join and I'll probably be breastfeeding my newborn. And if I can't handle it, the guest teacher will take care of it. And it ended up working really, really well we had six people sign up. We had 12 applications. We had six people sign up. Like my email list was about 500 people. And now our email list is maybe seven or 800 people. We launched it again. The Wise Women's Council starts right now in March. And I am again treating it as an experiment because my question with this offering is, is this something that parents and entrepreneurs need? And I won't know. I can't guess and I can't pretend. And this isn't the kind of thing that a survey will answer for me. People can't say like, yeah, I think I want a mastermind. Yeah, I'd probably pay for that. I actually have to test it by seeing whether or not people do pay for it. And we have we have almost 20 people right now, which is really exciting. My goal was 30. And I am getting the most interesting feedback. I reached out to a couple of friends and said, hey, I have a couple of extra spots. I think you'd be perfect for this. Would you ever consider joining? And they all said, oh, me? I didn't think I was like the caliber of person you wanted for this group. I thought you wanted people that were more advanced in business. or like." And I realized that my positioning might be wrong. So this is still all an experiment. It may be that $3,000 program for people when they're new in motherhood and new in entrepreneurship is not right for them. Like this might not be the right fit, but I don't know yet. And I might be wrong because almost 20 people did sign up. So I may not have marketed it very well. I may, the naming may still be wrong. The Wise Women's Council might be too, I don't know, too austere. Like you've got to be 50 and smart and wise and old. These are your modern elders. Like, I don't know, like maybe... It's mean, too much. So I'm gonna go tweak the sales copy on the on the sales page, and I want to say like, "Are you in the thick of it? Yeah. Have you been in business for a couple of years? Are you still struggling to figure it out? Have you put a couple products in the world? Come join us. We're all in the thick of it together.
1: Yep. All right." Mid-launch marketing tweaks are like my least favorite and my favorite also at the same time. Like they're obviously ones where you're like, you want to nail it the first time. How exciting is that? Where the whole launch just like is amazing. But I can't tell you how often, I mean, we still do that. We've done that and we still do that. And it's something we we leave space for that to be a fact because we aren't going to nail it the first time. And sometimes it's good enough to get you through the launch and the results are what they are and you're fine. And sometimes you're like, Holy crap, if I change the entire like spin on who I'm talking to or or whatever it might be, then what are the opportunities at that point? And so I I love that. I think reminding ourselves that a lot of this is an experiment and for fun and kind of getting back to that trial and error thing is mm-hmm. is good sometimes.
0: I'm curious though because I feel like if I'm just Interpreting the whole industry and telling you (laughs) what everyone's doing. I see most people kind of dabble (laughs) in content for like four seconds. Yeah. And then they (laughs) launch a course and it doesn't do very well, but maybe they eventually figure it out. (laughs) And then they sell a group program and then they make the group program even more expensive and if they're in if they're any good they might they might actually perfect this and grow and do awesome things. But I feel like you kind of went against the grain in that you did one-on-one services to listen. And then instead of jumping into a course where you're less like you have less touch on who you're talking to, you went into a mastermind or group program and I'm curious why that felt like the natural progression for you and how you enjoyed the first one?
2: Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. For full disclosure, I've been in business for a long time. I've had previous businesses before this. I used to work at startups and I'm from Palo Alto. So I've got the whole like lean MVP startup stuff pretty ingrained into my body now. And I think it's pretty obvious. Also, my parents are scientists. So <laughs> I've been raised forever in like, this is an experiment. This is a hypothesis. Will it Your
0: work? So like it's, it. It's in my,
2: <laughs> right. It's in my blood. <laughs> Don't, my, my My mom's literally a rocket scientist. So I guess I sometimes take it for granted, and then I get really surprised. And we have a lot of attachment to the one thing, the one product, like the one way. Like this is going to be the answer, the and one
1: soulmate. Like it's the same <laughs> concept,
2: right? I, that's that's, who a, that's a whole of but I don't believe in that either.
1: Um, <laughs> I would
2: like to believe that you could match with lots of people.
1: Yeah, I'm a pretty cool person. <laughs>
2: totally right and like I've in a different world here.
0: I could I could, I could I figure this. this out again so don't even
2: <laughs> totally totally so i don't know i think i think the things to to remember that it can take a really long time so if you're starting out of business one thing to ask yourself is am i willing to do this for 7 years because most yeah. businesses fail it's like 90 something like 90% of businesses fail within the first 7 years and if you want even better statistics and better odds 90% of the businesses that make it the first 7 mm-hmm. years fail in the next 7 years. <laughs> so are you willing to do this for a long time and are you willing to do it when it's not shiny and mm-hmm. like sexy anymore like when you're on your 10th iteration and you think like i really think that there's a possibility here and i know that there's a problem i'm trying to solve and I'm going to try another version of this. Like, are you willing to invest the resources, the time? It's a long game. Business is not... 100%. So many people think that business is this sexy, shiny thing. If I if I just quit my job, I'll be in business. It's like, okay, that's a huge commitment. Yeah. Start with a small experiment, learn. And if you can design a business that you can be constantly learning from, yeah. I personally think, and I don't necessarily have the data to back this up, but I personally think you will be in business for a long time.
0: Yeah. 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 The I still remember and I was reminiscing on this the other day the first time someone emailed us to tell us they were quitting their job because of us I was like I mean, no. it was a they, weird they, day. Uh, the, it wasn't that they were quitting because of us. Let me be clear: they're quitting because they felt empowered and <laughs> right. inspired, and they could actually.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> quit my job. They no. don't
0: say that. We <laughs> um, <laughs> say the opposite of that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's like a lot." Like, I mean, I know I I had been there and done it before, but it was me, and the risk was on me. And then all of a sudden, I felt this responsibility for all these other people. But it, it is—it's a—it's a big deal, and. Although I'm kind of a firm believer in that you, you can make your own business less risky than working for someone else, it's still hard and it still requires dedication to get there. I know, four hundred dollars when I was working corporate was like, oh my god,
1: four hundred dollars! I'm
0: like, cop, four hundred dollars. Like, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> like, I, 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 so you just you have to change some of your mentalities around how you run your life and Mm -hmm. your work and all of that. But I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we can segue into talk strategy to me because I know Sarah has three steps that, you guys can really kind of start to think about and take away to see if there's anything that you can implement to get back to this. And before we kind of start there, I want to reiterate, because I, I mentioned it to someone this weekend when we were kind of chatting about, no, 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 like start with services, like do all of these amazing things. And they would kind of steered away from services for a second, I'm like, but you can come back. You can come back to starting with the foundation. You can always start here, even if you've strayed. And so I think it's like, that's really freeing sometimes to be like, even if you've gotten, you know, off the path a little bit and you've let yourself do what a lot of business owners do and throw stuff at the wall and wait and see and wait and see, you can, you can come back to this foundation building side. So what are your breakdowns for us, Sarah?
2: Yeah. So the first thing I think that important from this conversation is like know or pick the audience that you want to serve and get really specific about it. Who is it that you want to work with and who is it that you want to work for?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go from there?
2: So the second thing is once you know who it is that you want to be working with and for, communicate with them consistently, right? And this can take a while. It can be fast, but I would add the caveat that allow it to take as long as it needs to take right communicate with them consistently and listen so number 1 is know your audience number 2 is listen and you need listening is not passive it is an active thing it's asking questions it's communicating to them it's it's writing and creating content as much it is responding to people
1: yes yes have conversations that <laughs> please <laughs> so then what
2: and then start with paid services before you think you're ready. The best way to experiment and test is to experiment and test. So put offerings out in front of people and Emily and I were talking earlier and that's the whole point of this episode is that service offerings are really valuable. If you put paid service offerings out in front of people, you will learn a tremendous amount about what people want and from there You can probably grow your business and add products and courses and other things that might be really useful, but services are a great way to start getting paid right away while also getting better at the skill and developing your business for the long term.
1: 100%. Well, this was such a great conversation. I loved hearing your take on something that we will probably have engraved on our gravestones because we so strongly believe all of this. Thanks for your insight. As always, we appreciated having you on. Why don't you tell everyone what you have going on right now, where people can find you and all the amazing good stuff.
2: Sure. Thanks for having me back. I enjoy it. The company I'm running is called Startup Pregnant. It's for women entrepreneurs who are navigating motherhood. And we have a podcast every Monday, 5.30 a.m. So if you're still commuting to a job, you can listen to it there. And if you're working for yourself, you can listen to it while you're holding a baby. And this year we are launching our second mastermind community. And it's a community of 20 to 30 women that come together to talk about business puzzles, motherhood puzzles, partnership puzzles, money puzzles. We have a theme every month. And I'm looking for about five more people to join us. We'll be leaving the doors open for the rest of March. If anyone wants to startuppregnant.com slash WWC. Not the wrestling competition, but for Wise Women's <laughs> Council, WWC. It's also in our navigation bar. So you could just go to Wise Women's Council. Unless, of course, I change the name. But I don't think we'll do that for the
1: next 30 days. <laughs> as of right now. We will drop those direct links in the show notes of this post as well. So you guys, you know, if you don't want to go in all the places, you can. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. This was great.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership